Hello, hello, and this is Anna, another episode of the In The Good Company podcast. I'll try to keep it short because I noticed lately I listen to the podcast and I'm really not a fan when these intros are like so gigantic and long, like 15 minutes of uh, of the hosts just talking about themselves. <laughs> Those are my solos. So I'll try to keep the intro short. Today, um, another exciting guest. Again, I said it many times, but I will say it again. I feel like extremely grateful and lucky that I have opportunity to talk to so many interesting people and fascinating people. And Rachel White, founder of Totem, is one of those people. Um, she's a trained shaman. She is a medium. She is um, an energy worker, an energy practitioner. Uh, she's based now in uh, Austin, Chicago, Austin, Chicago, Austin, Texas. And um, and we are talking about anything and everything, magic, shamanism, mediumship, uh, world, state of the world, uh, and and obviously what Rachel does and, and about the deck of tarot cards she created and so many other things. Nothing honestly brings me more joy than talking to somebody interesting and also somebody who is so real and so authentic. And just listen up because Rachel White from uh, founder of Totem is just that. I hope you enjoy uh, my conversation with Rachel. Here it is. Welcome, Rachel White. Uh, from Totem. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to have you. Excited uh, to be here. I'm excited to meet you. This is very nice. I know, right? We, I always yeah. say technology, we, we are complaining, but I just love because it gives me opportunity to talk to so many interesting, beautiful people just like you. You are a medium. You are a, a trained shaman. Uh, you are an energy practitioner and you actually founded your own uh, energy mediumship practice and company called Totem. And I'm so excited to have you here and talk all the magic and energy and and mediumship things. Sometimes it's medium shit. That's okay. Yeah, sometimes it is. I like that. Oh yeah, good, good. Um, But before we jump uh, into you, I want to ask, it's also about you, a quick question, which I ask all my, um, all my guests, childhood experience, formative, something that comes up for you, something important, something maybe hard, maybe beautiful, something that formed you and it's, it's even coming up maybe right now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The biggest event that happened to me that was spiritual, had a spiritual impact, I was about 21 or 22 and living alone. And it was actually a negative entity, what some people might call a demon. Everybody thinks, you know, when you get into the spiritual realm, it must be because, you know, you're all love and light and everything. But I tend to learn through contrast, right? And I'm yeah. pretty skeptical. And that event made me reframe my my paradigm with regard to, because I was a very devout atheist. I thought people uh-huh. who were religious were really foolish and really weak. And, you know, you can sort of psycho it analyze, explain away so much about spiritual beliefs, right? right. Mm-hmm. And and that really shifted things for me. And I instantly got very curious. And it's funny because I'm doing, I just launched and actually we're about to close it up in terms of registration because it was so popular, uh, spiritual transformation coaching service, mm-hmm. um, which I just started to tell people about. We already got everybody in it. It's, it's done. But uh, yeah. Thank you. All my intro calls and, and Zoom meetings with all the people who want to participate in it. I'm like, just so you know, this is disruptive. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, you're not going to like everything you encounter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so like, do I have your permission to kind of support you on this journey? Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's, I think, especially on social media, Instagram in particular, the spiritual community really makes it look like all you have to do is like get your head right, get your vibration right, and life is roses. Uh-huh. life is not like that there's as much yin as there is yang right yeah. everything's black in balance so black and white you're gonna you're gonna come into contact with some things that are unpleasant or different from what you thought and you got to kind of roll with the punches and not everybody likes that feeling 
Um, oh, so people get very angry in cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah. So what happened? Did you like encounter like an evil energy? Like is oh, it, no, it something straight up attacked me? I felt something. <gasps> I saw a face. Oh my God. And, and so let me back up a little bit. The two nights before the event, because I lived alone, but I was never uncomfortable in that building. It was right in Lincoln Park in Chicago. If anyone's familiar with that area, yeah. right by the zoo. It's a really cute little area. Started to feel uncomfortable at night. Like the first night I slept with the lights on. The second night I, I slept with the lights on, kept checking the lock or just, you get this animal instinct of there's something weird here. And uh, the third night saw uh, what I would describe as a very like good looking man's face. Uh -huh. Suddenly, uh, while I was like sitting in bed, sitting up and watching TV, it was a studio apartment and felt something enter my mouth and start to go down my throat. Oh my gosh. And you, in that second, you're not even really thinking it's basically like your brainstem reacting. And I had been in Catholic school prior to all of this, hence the atheism. It'll do that to you. And yeah. just started trying to pray a Hail Mary. And the voice that came out wasn't my voice. Oh my god. And I just kept saying it and saying it and saying it until finally I felt it expel and I kind of you know looked around me and every cabinet door, closet door, every door, including fridge, oven, everything was open at exactly the same angle. And I so I took pictures of that. I was like, this fucking happened. This wasn't a dream, this was real. Um left, I went to a 7-Eleven, spent the rest of the night there, came back when it was light, and noticed there had been this growing crowd down the hallway. And uh -huh. there had been a Native American man living there and he was married to uh, a Filipino woman, right? And I knew he was an alcoholic. You know, when you live with people near them, you yeah. just sort of yeah, see him yeah. get deliveries of alcohol. We lived a half a block from the liquor store, you know, stuff like that. He had passed away that first night when I started to get uncomfortable. Oh and because of, I don't know if it was in the Native American tradition or the, the Filipino tradition, but the wife was letting everyone come see his body. So his body had been in the apartment for those three days. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I asked her, I said, what is this? Is everything okay? And she's like, oh, you didn't hear him. You know, so-and-so passed away. And I was like, and no compassion in that moment, by the way. I was like, that body needs to go. I think I said that to her because of what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I, called, yeah. I called 311, which is like the non-emergency number. And they told me to call 911. I was like, there is a decomposing body. And it instantly clicked for me, knowing nothing about this stuff that I know now, that whatever that thing was, was probably a parasite or similar. And it was hanging out with that guy. Uh -huh. And when that guy expired, it needed a new host. And I was oh. close by. Oh and goodness. so now that framed a lot of this whole thing. And, you know, do I believe in good and evil? Yes, but also there's like an ecosystem filter to all of this. Like there are life forms that we don't fully understand, but ancient people, these different traditions mm -hmm. knew they existed. And there's a tremendous level of, of consistency all over the world and what they have to say about these things, good and bad. Uh, right. The good guys are just as important now. You know, in, thankfully I didn't get super bummed and I was like, oh, there's bad guys, there's good guys. So immediately started going good guy route. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those moments where like, even doing this for a living, you go, I mean, is this, this is real? You, your, your honest skepticism is healthy. It's a sign of your mental health. Yeah. Um, and then you remember things like that and you're like, that fucking happened. Like it's yeah. straight up happened and it helps move you forward. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's like, I got so many chills throughout your talking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know it's not a happy story, but you know, shamanism is It's a true messy. story. Yeah. It's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when people say like, hey, I want to be a shaman, I'm like, you know, trust me, just enjoy your life. Yeah. Go to, go it's to a Reiki. Huge responsibility and, and, and heavy, heavy work, right? Yeah. And it's different from other healing modalities, other energy modalities. So, you know, a lot of people think a shaman is someone who gives you ayahuasca now or something yeah. like that, or wears yeah. a headband. And, you know, so maybe there is some overlap in the Venn diagram, but generally like today, um, past a kidney stone. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Totally altered my consciousness. I was tripping out. I, I've never taken acid, but I imagine that's what an acid trip is like. And, you know, you enter altered states of consciousness sober and the word shaman means wounded healer. Like you're going to have physical mm -hmm. problems. You're going to have issues that, that emerge as your hardware and software get upgraded as you're doing more and more work and your capacity grows 
so, you know, I don't know that every kind of healer goes through the physical stuff. I know empaths have their own troubles. Mm -hmm. I'm friends with a lot of empaths. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. They, story. They Thanks for sharing. Emotions. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I, before we go to your beautiful cards and uh, your company and what you do, I just want to start because I, we started conversation. I resonated with you so much because you actually come from the corporate world. Like you had for many years, a very successful career. And like, first, like, how did you find, like how this, um, this talents or how you discovered your talents and then still went the corporate route and how you finally decided, okay, I'm done. I want to yeah. focus on, on this work and how one's even, you know, function with all these talents in the corporate world. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's not easy. So it's funny, my last role, I, I lived in the West Loop of Chicago and I was literally 15 minutes walking distance from the global headquarters for my company. And you couldn't pay me to go into the office, literally. Like, like my boss who was in London would have to be like, I'm gonna be there, you have to be there. Because if you think about it, it's this tall building of glass and steel. So there's nothing grounding you. You're on the 80th floor or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you're surrounded by people that are ill in every sense of the word, you know, oh unhappy, bad marriages, bad health. They fly everywhere. Everything's about money, 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 scarcity, you know, all this stuff. And it, it felt like if you've ever seen the show on HBO, Chernobyl, like going yeah. energetically going into the facility to like get the cooling rods. And it's just... <sighs> It would, uh, if I went into the office that whole night, I was done. I was done. I wasn't going to even be able to cook dinner, you know, just totally wiped out um, from, from the experience of trying to protect my energy field. And in terms of like the abilities, they, they actually help at corporate. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of corporate is really fear-based group thing, like a cult, right? Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. And so, you know, there was this incident where a bunch of people were going to get laid off because we were about to go public, launch mm -hmm. an IPO, and everybody was, you know, they kicked off just this hilarious scarcity thing. And I just pulled cards and I was like, it's going to be fine. That's the <laughs> thing I've learned about using these tools like Tarot is you get access to a better data set that's yeah. outside of your own fear. You know, your rational mind helps you all the time. Without yeah. it, you know, you got all kinds of problems, but it can get in the way because it's so attuned to staying safe and getting in the solution and all of that, that you can sometimes catastrophize things that are, there's no problem there at all. Yeah. That is yeah. so amazing because I often think about it and I read somewhere an article or whatever it was that a lot of actually, you know, CEOs and uh, Fortune 500 companies, people don't even know that they consult astrologers, they consult cool. mediums before making mm -hmm. bigger merger, bigger decisions. And uh, it's that yeah didn't he like it was scheduled meetings according to astrology and stuff like that like yeah i remember reading about this it's a, it's like it and, it and there's no like it, it it makes sense because those modalities and those uh, techniques and 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 pseudo science is with us for thousands and thousands of years right everything changes yeah. around yeah the, we still the, have shamans we still have mediums yeah we still have astrologers right they and, look and, different. <laughs> you definitely don't look like a yeah, Native no. American shaman. <laughs> well, what's funny is I, I am Native American, actually. And oh, someone awesome. once said to me, I didn't look Native American. I'm like, that is the most racist thing I've ever heard. Like, not, you know, re recessive genes are an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Um, and also, what does a Native American look like? And how do I not look like them? Like, walk me through that. Um, but yeah, like Queen Elizabeth had Dr. D, you know, Queen Elizabeth, the mother of the golden age in England who fought the Spanish Inquisition with pirates and stuff. She consulted with Dr. D all the time. Like it, heads of state have always done these things and, and they continue to. And what's more is I found the people in the C-suite in corporate were very intuitive, bordering on psychics. So CEOs and things like that would would uh there's a phrase in japanese i can't remember the words but it, it basically means to feel the air like they're very good at sensing shifts in people's motives or their feelings towards something in a room and they're definitely attuned to energy and i always got along well with people in the c-suite it was the the middle management 
tier that was full of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I feel like you're a, my sister from another mister. Seriously. Well, <laughs> it's like, the cult of, it's the cult of corporate. I mean, really you can yeah. sit around and complain about your company that you work at, you know, but it's, it's all of them. They all exhibit the same behavior, especially if they're publicly traded. And, and that manifests in the individual behaviors of your coworkers. Yeah, yeah. it gets, it gets weird. Yeah. And I totally see, and I hundred percent, you know, the, the C-suite, I think they have those gifts. They just channel them differently, you know, or they use them towards like business area. But anyway, it's funny. There was one CEO that I worked with who is just such a nice guy. Right. Yeah. And one day I went into his office and he goes, can you close the door? And I was like, yeah, what the hell's going to happen? Cause I'm not that important. Right. Like close yeah. the door. Like that's not a meeting you have with me. And I sat down, he goes, do you feel empowered here? And I said, yeah, I, I think relatively. Yeah, I do. He goes, I don't. He's like, everybody thinks I'm in charge. I'm the CEO. He's like, I have to meet with lawyers. I have to meet with that. And he went through this whole list. And he was really emotional. He's like, I don't see my family. Like he just was letting it out. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, yeah, there, there are people too. And they don't seem happy. And that was the beginning of me going, okay, I can win at this game. But what's the prize? Because mm -hmm. I don't see these people really living well. They yeah. don't seem happy. They don't seem healthy. They may have some money in the bank. But by the way, they also had very complicated lives that cost a lot of money, I noticed. Like yeah. different houses and people who need to help you. And so how much, how much like were they liquid mm -hmm. even? Mm -hmm. Is it that different than what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that was the beginning of me just wanting to kind of transition out. Now, I plan to resign on the evening of a Friday, because my boss was in L London on passive aggressive and I didn't want to, I thought it was going to be a big drama. I didn't want to deal with it. And <laughs> I had worked on the resignation letter for months. I had gotten a separate meditation space. I was paying commercial rent for space and everything in Chicago. And then my boss called me and HR was on the line. And he goes, you know, we've all been let go. Like everybody, whole groups of people that were expensive, right? And I went, oh, okay. And he, thought something was up. Like he thought I was having a nervous breakdown. So I was so open to it. Cause I was like, oh, good. And I immediately moved the letter to my trash. It was like, thank God I didn't send that. I'm going to get seven. Oh my God. That's amazing. So people ask, why did you finally make the leap? I'm like, I was let go. We'll yeah. never know if I was really going to do it because mm -hmm. yeah. you get to see that exercise play out. Yeah. Yeah. And also we, we pay so much like weird attention to being like no on fire fired. It's like, you don't fit, fit in that group. And that's okay because there's a different group or different thing that you're supposed to do in life. And it's just life pushing you somewhere. I always believe that. But we as a society just put those labels and make it feel like uncomfortable and that it's like something to not I started to get be ready admitted. for it because I kept pulling the death card. And yeah. I was like, here, and I just felt different. I was like, here it is. The change is here. I got I to gotta embrace this. Forgetting, of course, that change usually happens to you when the death card shows up. And there's a thing in my industry or just coaching or self-help in general too, where people like to aggrandize their own myth and they're like, yeah. and I had a plan and I left. And it's like, what the hell does it matter? Like, it doesn't matter. Just be honest. Just tell the truth. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, and then tell time happened, right? Or, or you already started, you, it was already in motion, your company and like your yeah. advisor. Yeah. For, for, yeah, I had totem for the better part of a decade while I was working. So, so I did it on, on the weekends and in the evenings. So I never didn't work. I was okay. always doing something. And then when I transitioned, I did totem full time. Mind you, my transition was March of 2020. Oh so <laughs> nothing like it. It was pretty intense. <laughs> People's energy was spectacular. I think COVID and the, the lockdowns and just all the consequences of all of the above um, broke some people. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was sort of like being a field medic in a war instead of being a doctor at like a renowned facility where people come to you. It felt very like putting tourniquets on people and getting them through the next week, kind of. Yeah. Um, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then I moved I... to Texas. So here we on are. On top of everything. <laughs> I've never lived anywhere except literally within the city of Chicago in my life. Oh my so God. this is how exciting! Is it uh, Austin? Austin, yes. I love it. I love it. It's just like it's such a great city. I was energy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how is it going? So what what are you what are you doing? Are you 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 mentioned that you are doing this coaching? Um, yeah. 
uh, coaching program. You obviously probably, uh, not probably, but you are doing readings, yeah, right? I'm slowing down on one-on-one readings because of the coaching program, because mm-hmm. there was so much more demand than I thought there would be. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that before. And I was curious. So I'm just going to do that and I'll still do some readings, but I'm kind of limiting that availability a bit. Um, also because we just published the tarot deck on Amazon. Yes, I have it here. Self-published it's it. so beautiful. It was a lot of work, right? And so I'm learning to, while I manage my business and I get excited about things, um, slow down once in a while because you don't realize what a heavy lift some things are. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, there's that. And then I, I also have a client who's, who's become a friend who I'm going to engage to help me put together a book proposal about mm-hmm. shamanism, like a, a book for the spiritually homeless. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or you don't have to, you don't have to join a cult. You don't have to give up meat, you know, you don't have to fit in or wear a matching outfit, but you can still be spiritual and you don't need to necessarily pay a middleman either. I'm really big on trying to, democratize this stuff and get people to use it for themselves Mm -hmm. and I love that and I think that's what those cards are also right like element of that and I got them and they have such a great reviews on Amazon congratulations thank you (laughs) and then and and rightly so because I really and we were talking before we started that what I really love about your card is that they really pull from different uh, philosophies, uh, uh, you know, the, the ancient, ancient culture uh, elements. I just love this combination of, of so many things that culturally we are all made of. And, and they are beautiful. The, the design uh, is beautiful. And I also love because I actually have one more deck here that I actually just pulled it. That, that's my, this is my like two-year-old inner compass, but how great is the size, you know? Like if you want to travel, I love that you thought of it, that you can, purpose. Yeah, that you can just put yes. it in because this is like a book and this one is just yes. really handy and beautiful. And um, yeah, and how one, like how somebody put the cards together. It's probably like a lifetime of learning, right? Lifetime of, and many well, and I wanted of- to feature friends that I met. Like when you do shamanic work, you meet spirit guides. And I would discover deities or these beings in direct revelation, like in a meditation, in a dream. Uh-huh. And then I would like Google the clues and figure out that that's a Norse god or it's an Egyptian goddess. And then go like, you know, just for, I, I call it like reverse engineering it. Yeah. So I'm not seeking to connect with those things. It's what comes in and then trying to understand what that means for you, like what the significance of that is for you and what you should be doing with that. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I love tarot. I love tarot decks. And actually I have a pet peeve about those books, which is why we designed it the way we did. Because yeah. I always lose the book when I want to <laughs> look it up and I would put it somewhere else separate from the deck, right? Or, you know, yeah. all, all that it's stuff. Gigantic or, yeah. Yeah. And it just, you don't, it's too cumbersome to sort of all bring together. But when we built the deck, I wanted it to be very, very modern and very ancient. You know, I wanted to be very masculine, very feminine, you know, nowhere in the meeting part of the bell curve. Right. Um, Because that's what shamanism is. It's, it's a practice that fits with modern life. It's not in opposition to it. Mm-hmm. And there's this impression people give that to be spiritual, you have to go live in a retreat house in Bali and be a hippie. And yes. And you just don't need to do it. Shamanism allows you to have whatever faith you want to have. So it's not a religious belief. It, it's just a system of spirituality where it's about you getting directly in touch with spirit. Mm-hmm. Like there's no Pope, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Pope. I'm sure that, that's. Uh, I'm sure he's devastated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he has no idea. Um, but you know, just that these—it's a technology. And I also think one of the min, main themes I've learned doing this work is that ancient people were onto some stuff. Mm-hmm. They maybe misunderstood certain things in some contexts. But to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you, you're depriving yourself of this wealth of information. Yeah. Right. And I also think the world and, and humanity is a lot older than people say. And they're, they're really starting to find older and older fossils, older. There's um, some guy was just on Joe Rogan's podcast about how they dug up what they believe to be Atlantis. 
in a oh desert in Africa and and that it actually fits verbatim with what Plato said the dimensions were and you know they they knew things there were there was all of this advancement and knowledge before us mm -hmm. and so being a little humble and going okay what parts of that are going to be helpful for me and mm -hmm. let's try and honor those yeah 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 so interesting um yeah those cards are beautiful if anybody wants to get them i will link them below because they are really um just like a great i i personally see them as like a great uh intuitive um like a way to work with your intuition and um and with your soul really yes uh, yeah they're meant to uh, yeah sorry for some reason the plug unplugged itself there's all kinds of fun paranormal don't you have activity. like always like something with technology Every time. <laughs> like I, I don't get along that well with this technology uh, it's funny we have clashing energies but um yeah you know and what was your question i, I apologize no, no no i was talking about your deck how what a great yeah. way it is to like work with your intuition like i see it yes. that way like connecting with my psyche and and really having this conversation asking questions and see not going somewhere else asking somebody but see what my insights are telling me you know because i feel like in all this distraction and and i'm a huge proponent and i'm getting such a chills but i'm just I would love people to see more uh, people just trusting themselves and instead of like going out for anything they need, going in and asking the questions, you know, like what I want to eat, start with the simplest one, like how I can heal myself. Like we have, I believe we have so many answers and we just are, you know, taught to go outside for those when we really are just, just genius machines that, that, we can really draw on all those from ourselves. And this is for me, the way to communicate with me some way with my, with my soul and my, with my psyche. I use them that way too. And a few days ago I pulled a card and it was the Dambala card, the world card. And I was considering, but also feeling a lot of pressure about all these big projects that are on the horizon and saying, saying yes to things. And it was freaking me out. And I saw that I go, I'm just going to say yes to everything I have capacity for it. And then about an hour later, I remembered that I've been working with snake as a totem animal and Dambala is a serpent. So then the voodoo religion is not actually called voodoo. They call it the serpent and the rainbow. And the serpent is Dambala. Uh -huh. The rainbow is named Aida Wido. And it's like a love story. My theory is it's the DNA strands, the two yeah. serpents. Oh my God. Like that's all, that, yeah. The two snakes on the caducus, the symbol for medicine in the modern yeah. world. Right. And I was like, okay, this is, this is big. So I just started, you know, making some bigger moves than a conservative person like me might do with money, with time, with, you know, like saying yes and, and worrying about the details later, which is not really how I'm wired, but yeah. it is a, it's a conversation with yourself. And what happened to me today with the kidney stone and the altered state I was in was probably tantamount to 20 years of psychotherapy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, and it just happens in these downloads. So the conversation it's interesting it's like a, you're directly plugged into something versus yeah. using words even yes um uh -huh. yeah it, it's not it's not easy work to pull these cards and have that conversation with yourself but you absolutely level up you absolutely change energetically as you do it mm -hmm. and it's sort of like you know in the matrix you want to take the red pill or the blue pill mm -hmm. yeah i don't want to get plugged back in i'm good yeah 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 and I know this interesting thing. I I got much calmer, much more self confident, and like self trusting. You know, like when you have this, like when you start building that self trust, um, instead of getting like all this messages out that gets you like you know swirl down the scarcity drain, it's yeah. it's just my uh, it's just a different quality of life. You know, like the self building, the self connection. And it's a reminder that like you are not a body you have yeah. a body right and it's super important and by the way the body is filled with psychic information right that yes. gets neglected a lot so that's the thing we're focusing on in the coaching program is where do you get your data what parts of your body do what things in psychic moments like you get chills yeah. that's basically your body's a pendulum saying yes or no to things and yeah. tuning into that but this awareness that you're not just this limited sort of thing, that there's something in you that extends beyond time space. It really helps you get out of anxiety, um, get out of 
uh, myopic worldview and you, it gives you perspective, frankly. And, and yeah. the, the other big thing in shamanism is an awareness that you're going to be dead at some mm -hmm. point, that 10 out of 10 people die of death. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, how do you want to have lived your I life? Love it. I never heard it. 10 out of 10 people <laughs> die of death. That's a good one. It's terminal death. Yeah. Um, and, and just like, what does that mean then? You know, I, I don't, I don't want to wait until I'm 70 to take time off of a corporate job and enjoy myself. Yeah. Amen. Body's done ish. Right. Mm -hmm. So like living, living now and part of my escape from that corporate world, by the way, I still do freelance work, so I'm not going to talk too much shit about it, but was, um, <laughs> I'll never talk shit about it. It's not about them. It's no. about me, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It is. exactly. Um, is, is it just felt like even, no matter how much money you make, because I make plenty of money. I knew people who made plenty of money. It, it is slavery. Like that money is in exchange for all of you all the time. They live in your head, in your energy body. They can ping you on vacation, you know, when you get to that level. And you've, I always had unlimited PTO, which no one ever took, uh, you know, the, the paradox of that. And when you start to pull out of that, you go, wait, 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 there's another way to live. There's another way to make money. And my big thing with Totem is, is not sacrificing one for the other. So I have friends that do energy work who always have money problems because they're uncomfortable with money. It makes them feel guilty or shameful or dirty to charge money for it. But yeah. then they end up asking for money, you know, and you're like, you could just charge. Like, why, why do you have to suffer to help other people not suffer? Like that, it's insane. So on either side of it, the extremes, there's an imbalance. I think the middle path, like being in the world, but maybe not of the world is the way to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a such a weird paradigm that we do so many things that are not that good for anybody or our world and we get paid big bucks for it. But when we actually help somebody and spiritually, which is not tangible, and that's the problem, because you can put you can put it in a box, you know, you can like truly describe it, then it's uncomfortable to charge money for it. It's it has to change. And that's why I'm so happy to like bring I, I had many people who are, you know, um, uh, making money of different modalities and helping people different way, you know, uh, uh, because we need to normalize it. You know, this idea of witch burning on the, uh, on the, no, was it totem? What is, what is it in English? Okay. I have it in Paul. Totem? I think so. Oh my God, look, I got chills again. I think the chills with me means truth, truth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that needs to be over because it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, and um, also spiritual people sort of shaming people that are in the real world. They do yeah. that. They judge them. And, and that's inappropriate. And a practitioner, a spiritual energy worker practitioner who's never had a real job, how are they going to talk to you about the information they're getting? in a way that's useful. Such a good you. point. Yeah. Yeah. They're up in their version of a monastery. They're, they're separate from the yeah, world. And better. They, yeah. they, yeah, better. And, and there is a lot of spiritual narcissism in the industry of someone uh, wanting to posture as though they're, they're superior because they have a little bit of self-awareness when really, if you're learning, you know, you, sh you get humbled. Like today I got, I learned a lot and I gained new insights possibly increased abilities but i was humbled like the more you learn the less you think you know so yeah. if you see someone acting like they know everything that's a big red flag and yeah. you know also it is really it can be really ego feeding when you notice oh, yeah. that how much power you can have you know and and then the real work begins to understand that you need to humble and bring it down because it's just by the end of the day you are a medium you are you know channeling things right or you are uh, uh, your re real work now is, is to, to tame this ego, right? And, and some people don't do that. And going back to what you said about comfort people, and I always see that we are all in a different, you know, parts of the journey and different soul development. And I'm not better than anybody else. We are just on the different, you know, moment of the journey. Some people are ahead of me. Some people are behind me a little bit, but it doesn't mean anybody is, you know, worse or better. It's just, we are in a different soul development moment. As a practitioner, the clients you get on a given day, you'll notice a theme. Inevitably, there's something in there for you. 
So if you're doing your job properly, you're always learning and becoming more self-aware. Like your clients are showing you things in yourself too, in addition to doing work with them. Yeah. Tell us really quickly about your, um, about your coaching. Um, yeah program because obviously it looks like it's a success so you probably will, are going to be repeating it and and what yeah. is that about what what are you what mm. can we learn there well I had really resisted doing coaching for many years I had clients Why? asking for it um I'll, I'll tell you it's I didn't like the people I met that were coaches I thought they were unethical oh. and I thought they were lazy and I knew some of them personally very closely and I I just sent an email out about this where one person in particular were working at Deloitte together and she left to be an entrepreneur coach. And I thought, oh, that's great. And on social media, everything looked great, right? Yeah. And then she invited me over for something and she was living with her parents, which I didn't know. And she's old, significantly older than me, right? Yeah. So when you're 60 and moved back in with your parents, it's challenging in public housing and they were on aid, government aid. And I'm thinking, I don't have an issue with any of that, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking you're selling this story, this success story that you left oh, corporate and you're flourishing and you're not flourishing financially. And if that wasn't a part of her coaching issue thing, it wouldn't bother me, but it was. And then, you know, I, I found a freelance gig for her at another company and I sent it to mm -hmm. her because I knew she was having some challenges, right? And um, I said, here, you know, this nice little freelance opportunity, you can do some writing, make some money and put it in your, you use it to grow your coaching business, which is what I did with Totem. I worked yeah. all the time, putting yeah. money into it, getting trainings, continued learning and development. It costs money. And uh, she wrote something back, like, I would rather die than lower myself to do that. And mind you, it's the kind of work that at the time I was doing. So it was also like a total insult. Like it really yeah. hurt my feelings. A week later, she asked if she could come over and she asked to borrow money. And I, it like clarified for me. I was like, oh, this is a person who doesn't want to work at yeah. all, views it as beneath them, but is asking the idiot who does that work for the money. And now I see what this is. This is yeah. some kind of bondage yeah. and surely she's treating her clients Toxic. this way. Mm -hmm. Toxic and also just, you know, there's a lot of bullshit artistry and snake oil salesmen out there. You know, America's got this great tradition of the con artist, right? Nobody does it better than America. Look at, you know, Donald Trump. He's, you know, he's like, oh, I'm a businessman. If you look at the financials, all of his companies have been put in the bankruptcies. Like, there's no there there. And there's a, there's a lot of that with the prosperity gospel churches, with um, the, the guru world of, of the secret. Yeah. Oh, something is something you went off. Of course they died. I'll just talk to you this way. Is this okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is totally okay. <laughs> see, their technology is really yes. Oh my god, I totally see that. Yeah. I just I, I viewed coaching as uh, like a bottom feeding kind of thing. And and with the irony is I know people who are amazing ethical people who do coaching work. But I wasn't paying attention to that. I was paying attention, sort of like on social media, you remember the tweet that really offended you. Yes. Puppy pictures, like the one that pissed you off. Yeah, one that triggers you. Yeah, I, I was working with snake medicine, snake totem animal. And I just realized like, well, why, why am I resisting this so much? Like, what is that really about? And getting in touch with, you know, just because some, someone has power doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's evil. It's mm -hmm. using it. And, and what their intent is and how they behave. And I just got really excited about, I, I created this methodology that overlays, you know, chakra dominance with Kabbalah work, with totem animals, you know, all these things, right? And figuring out how to give someone a pretty tailored assessment of where their strengths are and what that mm -hmm. means to them in the world, like how to become more soulful in everything you do. Mm -hmm. At work, I, I was a director of innovation, so I got to be a little weird. Mm -hmm parts of myself that I just couldn't bring to that job. Mm -hmm. like, so how do we find a job or a business or a practice for you where it's all of you and you're fully online? How do we do that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love it. You know, um, great resignation. What is it? It's people being unhappy and looking for what is me? What is truly me? What should I do in life? You know, yeah, because what I'm doing sucks. It's, and I've heard, because, you know, I, I freelance for corporates and I mainly ghostwrite for CEOs and people say things all the time, like, 
well, you know, they're just getting those stimulus checks. And I'm like, have you seen a stimulus check? Like, it's not just running <laughs> business for longer than five days. And, you know, like, there's no amount of unemployment that ever looks like when you're making money. Like, yeah. you know, it's not the same thing at all. And to your point, that's what it is, is it's people going, hang on, I can make money doing other things. I can sell socks. I can learn e-commerce. I can cater to someone. I can become a content creator, like whatever that thing is. People are figuring it out. Human beings are incredibly uh, versatile. We're yeah. very innovative beings. And, and I think it's because of COVID, you know, we got um, really, uh, and I got chills again, so it means it's true. We got really scared. And when you're really scared and you are in the situation, death or life, you are like, okay, I want to live, but I want to live truly. You know, mm -hmm. I want to live authentically and I want to do stuff that lights me up. And I got so many chills right now. <laughs> But that's what it is. That's a side effect. Yeah, the world contracted a shamanic illness. Yeah. Right. So what, what is a poison becomes your medicine in shamanism. Yeah. So within all of that and that existential self-reflection everybody went through. Yeah. Now we're getting to some true things. Yeah. Can I ask you one question? Because it came to yeah. me before, but I didn't because we got sidetracked. So we know. So what is the problem? Because I feel like we are just you know, when it comes to like world environment and oh, the world. Yeah, like why we are doing it to ourselves, like why we are going into this distraction, like mega destructive direction in so many levels. And we are, we are so obsessed with greedy with money. And, and is it like, like darkness, a little bit overpowering the good in the world and good energies like what is that because it's yeah, just well, like we well, like I, sometimes I go to the store and i'm like how is that possible that i live in the world that on the shelves i have food that poisons me and it's okay yeah. and nobody says anything you know that there is food that cause disease and it's on the shelves and i have to pay for it to eat it yeah it's crazy well people say things about it they just no one hears them and that's a part of the system so i'll give you the honest answer which sounds crazy and paranoid Okay. And, you know, I, I like the rational part of me would prefer to say something nuanced to you. Like, well, human nature is complicated. Maybe we're going through a species adolescence or da, da, da. I don't, I don't actually genuinely believe that though. Yeah. I believe there is something that is not human. That is very, very, very old that may have participated in our creation. Who knows who really has a vested interest in keeping us sick bored, disengaged, unhappy, depressed, you know, emitting low vibrational energy called louche. And, you know, it sounds conspiratorial and crazy, except when you really like, what blows me away is the shamanism in being my context, always looking at current events. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, everything's so biblical. And mm -hmm. you know, Elaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, their best yeah. friends, the people they hung out with all the time are heads of industry, heads of state, incredibly, incredibly powerful people, the people who run the motor of the world, right? Yeah. And they practiced an ancient Sumerian religion, which I would consider to be demon worship. Several of their surviving victims have talked about Jeffrey handing them a book. And this is why I do the sex thing with the young. Like they, they have a reason for this crazy shit. And it's public record, just no one's looking at that part of it. And then you go, well, why is the world so screwed up? It's like, well, those are the people who run the world. That's what they're worshiping. That's how they're worshiping them. Those things are connected. And by the way, it doesn't matter if what they're worshiping is real or not. It matters that they believe it's real. That's what yeah. really Yeah. And, you know, the more you see these stories and, and you really have to read like mainstream news, they're just, they don't have journalism that way anymore. Yeah. So you have to find journalists. And I think as a shaman, bizarrely, it's almost my, it's, it's my responsibility to go deep on things that I'm curious about in the frame of, you know, frankly, good versus evil. I, I believe that humans left alone are very kind to each other. And I think we're inclined to cooperate. I think we, we do well with each other, yeah. but I think we're weak. And it's a weakness that is very easily exploited. Yeah. That's oh my God, I totally see that. Right. <laughs> what is it? That's the one thing Catholics got right was, you know, it's human weakness is how, you know, sin happens. Oh my God. Don't even tell me about it. I went to the church in Poland for a wedding and I was sitting there and it was 10 years since I was there. And when I heard like, you are not worth something. And I was like, 
it just hit me so hard. I was like, and I was fitted, fitted this since I was a child. Yeah. Like you are not worth being here, but I accept you. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So, such a, oh, I don't even want to start You're on that. Sister. I have a Mary babe in Nexium. Yeah, and if you want to learn about, you know, so I think they've been sort of, what's the term? Something not human has sort of penetrated the Catholic yeah. Church in some levels. If you, if any of your listeners want to Google the uh, Vatican audience hall and look at the images, it, yeah. it's not very Jesus-y. It's like evil Nazi wizard shit. And it's crazy that it's real. It's crazy that it's real. What is it again? Vatican? Uh, the, the audience hall so we're we're everyone in the vatican like the priests themselves go to mass yeah they do service for themselves it's crazy there's a crazy sculpture in there and it looks like someone on fire with a snake head i mean it's like you and the first time i saw it i was like well this some this is a deep fake like someone made this yeah yeah there's like a documentary about i'm like oh my god no it's it's actually real and that's the thing about shamanism is the process of like going oh no that's actually real like that's actually a thing yeah. yeah yeah and wanting to get plugged back into the matrix so you can just enjoy a nice steak even though it's not real like there's those little moments yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I just want to make clear I I'm not against any religion I always like to say I believe in every religion if it makes you a better person it helps you live life that's okay I don't agree with church and and I believe in the power that bring me and you together and everybody together that's what I believe in all of these books I, I love the Talmud the Torah the Bible the Quran the Quran is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read in my life I, I didn't yeah. read it in Arabic I imagine it's better in Arabic but yeah the, the books and the faith systems themselves are beautiful they're really yeah. full of grace and they're good for you like they're pretty common sense rules they're good things to think about just from an energetic perspective but you know people people institutions yeah. and when we get to power and money and we smell it we we twist yeah anyway i always uh i could talk to you for hours of course but um i don't want to keep you here since you are also not feeling well i so appreciate you still keeping <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah. and but i want to ask one more question anything that helps you like you're obsessed with lately book podcast or anything that yeah. helps you run your business any tip, I always like to, I feel like we share knowledge, anything like that, that you are really into, obsessed again, or helps you in any way in your business. Everyone should read a book called Eye of the Lotus. And the subtitle is The Psychology of the Chakras. It's incredible. It's just a lot more about who you really are and, and providing some filters and exercises to figure out what chakras you're, you're dominant in. And what I love means. it. Yeah, so that, you know, these myths that you might have about yourself, like, well, I'm not really a group person because. Yeah. There might actually be a good reason you're not a group person. It, it's not an, a weakness, it's a strength for you. And it reframed a lot for me while also sort of encouraging me to take accountability for the things that I'm, I'm a little indulgent with, you know. Got it. Yeah, and I'm I'm a second chakra dominant person. It's it's almost like the chapter was written about me, right? And oh, really? It's not the flashiest chakra either, but it, it's funny. And I'm doing, you know, in the coaching program, had initial calls with everybody, and I'm like, heart chakra, navel chakra, throat chakra. Like, I, so I get what to chakra I, I am? Do you see what chakra I am? Oh no, we'd have to talk. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we are talking for an hour. <laughs> I know. I know like, there, there's little questions I ask, like little things, like, "Hey, when this happens, what what do you do?" Ah, uh, got it, got just, it. And you're just listening to someone talk about themselves and why they want to be a part of the program, you you get an idea. I mean, we're gonna run through like a formal diagnostic in it, but just initial gut check, um, and it's fun to learn. And I learn through contrast. So knowing what I am, and then everybody else in the program is different. Mm -hmm. I get to learn about those kinds of people. And the, the book just inspired a lot. And at the minute I read it, I got this image of the Kabbalah tree of life. And that was sort of the genesis of the program was coming up with something that I think is actually unique that mm -hmm. I want to do. I'm going to do it on myself the whole time with my clients. And just That's see what awesome. happens. That is experience. so interesting because lately I uh, came across this uh, chakra cleaning exercise. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to do it for 30 days. It's now day like, 60th and I'm still doing it I can't stop doing it and it's exercise that every morning you just go through each chakra and clean it with like breath and and fo fo focusing and it's it, and it's amazing it's so funny that you are doing that now 
Yeah, it takes, the other thing you just said is so important. This stuff takes time. It's not Burger King. You, you can't have it your way through a drive-through. And you, no one's ever going to be your spiritual concierge and give you answers except for someone who's going to exploit you, frankly, yeah. financially or otherwise. And so um, doing things every day and discovering new layers of it. Today, the kidney stone, it's not an accident. That's my sacral chakra. I'm making huge shifts. More shifts happened when I was in that state in pain. And so it's like, you know, I could punish myself and say, you're doing something wrong. You've got a kidney stone. It's tied to all these things. Or you just go, it's the hardware is having a hard time with the software update. It's yeah. all, and I'm getting, you know, it's sort of like your iPhone when you download the new software and it's all glitchy for a day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like loading. <laughs> I'd rather or loading. That is amazing. That is amazing. And thank you for saying that about, you know, that you have to find your spiritual way. And if somebody is thinking and telling you that they will do it for you, they, they're taking advantage of you. That's, that, that's, that's beautiful to say. Well, and the worse the economy gets, the more you're going to see of that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. And there, you know, other red flags are people who, who do hypnosis who are not a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. they can, if they have a profit motive, they can literally plant anything in your subconscious mind. You're going to have no idea why you keep going back and spending money. Maybe it's because they hypnotized you too. That stuff is very powerful. Yeah. Um, also, neurolinguistic programming, NLP, makes me uncomfortable because it's a form of hypnosis. It's manipulative speech to be persuasive. And a lot of spiritual practitioners are teaching it, like training others in it and using it. Like, and what is it? Is it like the way you speak? Like the, the, yeah. So if I were doing it, I, I'm not a practitioner, but it's something like, yes. Oh, I see. This is, and they mirror your behaviors and things like that to make their message penetrate into someone's subconscious mind more. They mirror their movements. They do also, and to me, these things are, you know, they're manipulative tools and, and you don't need them if you're doing real spirit work. It's sort of like, why are we trying to equip people with this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So Amazing. there's all kinds of fun things out there and just listen to your gut. So your body has information like your chills. When they say gut feeling, gut instinct, there's actually a reason for that. You have the vagus nerve right down in here. It's yeah. your brain cells. Yeah. You have a little brain telling you something's off. Listen to your body, see what your body feels when you interact with somebody. Yeah, 100%. Rachel, thank you so much. Please thank don't jump you. off when I turn off the recording, but I just want to thank you for this conversation and for thank making you. magic modern and helping others and just making life interesting. I think it's just fascinating and, and our conversation was fascinating. So thank you so much. I will list all contact to you and Instagram, everything under. Thank you. Thanks, guys.